Hello, it's Jack Tutor here of Attention Magazine. Welcome to Crucial Listening, the podcast where I speak with musicians and sound artists about three albums that are important to them. My guest this time is Anton Newcomb of the Brian Jonestown Massacre, who have just released their 20th full-length album, The Future Is Your Past, in 30 years of recording. Feels to my ears to haul up a lot of that energy from mid-90s BJM records. You've got beautiful 12-string finger-plucked melodies giving way to these like massive psychedelic tambourine-crested surges with harmonics from synthesizers and vintage amplifiers all circulating in the upper frequencies. And this record was written during the same stretch of recording that birthed Fire Doesn't Grow on Trees from last year, so Anton had this period of writer's block, which suddenly burst open when he wrote The Real, which opens Fire Doesn't Grow on Trees. And then himself, along with Hakon Adelsteinson on guitar and Yuri Rinner on drums, wrote a track a day for 70 days. So you've got the two records that came out this year and last year, and then apparently potentially more records in the pipeline as well. This is great as well to speak to Anton. I mean, if you're familiar with Anton, then you won't be surprised to hear that this conversation goes in a lot of different directions. And hard in those directions Anton has a lot of big opinions I mean this podcast is designed to be derailed um, we don't talk about the important records specifically but it happens particularly quickly in the case of this one and it was great to speak to him so I'll put links to the new record and to Anton's socials in the show notes and you can support Crucial Listening over at coffee ko-fi.com forward slash crucial listening where you can donate one off or monthly any amount you please to help keep the podcast ticking thank you so much okay hope you enjoy this episode this is anton newcomb on crucial listening Hello, Anton. Welcome to Crucial Listening. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. So I want to talk about your three important records that you picked for this podcast. And before we get to those, I want to ask about your new album, The Future Is Your Past. So I understand this originated from the same sessions as Fire Doesn't Grow on Trees. And presumably these songs arise from that period of like 70 days where you recorded a track a day. my mind hangs on that track a day thing. So tell me about doing that and why it's ended up being a track a day or why it was a track a day during that period. I mean, I know you're known for being prolific, very productive. That's certainly the association in my mind. But is there like an urgency that you're applying to get a track a day? Does it just manifest like that? Like, tell me a bit about that process. It takes me about three hours to nail something uh-huh. and it's done. I'm, I'm a very much a one take Jake. 
and I believe in that, you know, um, I have, I have something, you see like Nigel Goodrich, as great as he is, and Radiohead at Abbey Road. Well, they're never going to have a better sounding record than they've ever had. They'll have a different sounding record. They might cart wheel out burial or whoever might come up next mm. in there and flip it around. But it's essentially going to be Tom, just uh Tom, just moaning over an acoustic guitar and cutting it all up. Brilliant as he is. Mm. And Beck's never going to have a better sounding record than sea change. See what I'm saying? You can't, <laughs> okay. record, you can't record better than that. <laughs> uh -huh. But I certainly can do things a lot differently. And I like that concept. But I also, you know, you have to remember what's essential. You, if you ask, ask somebody like uh, Eric Clapton, what his favorite stuff, he's going to tell you Robert Johnson, right? And that mm -hmm. guy just faced a wall on a wire recorder. He wasn't even at to the mic, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so the fidelity has nothing to do with what he, he's laying down and presenting, see? Mm. Because there's a large part of almost theater, but it's everything is a suspension of disbelief, you know, it either captions captures your attention or it doesn't. And some people are really good at that stuff. You know, there's millions of people in the UK. They're going to tell you that the stone roses are brilliant live. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. right. And the birds drummer couldn't play at all. You could just watch the YouTubes and you just, you'll be baffled. Right. You know, the, the biggest, they're on TV in front of millions of people and people are wetting their pants. You know, and the Beatles couldn't even play live after a certain point. I like to come in and I have no idea. I have no extra songs. Mm -hmm. I've been recording for, for decades. And I go, what am I going to do? <laughs> and I strum chord or something. And I go, I see how this can be. Because I think in a very much symphonic mind and i hear something and i'm like i can see how this can be a song right now mm -hmm. and i had my mates two of my friends my bandmates here i was paying them during the, these times well i do that anyways so it's, it's kind of like the braille building or something you know mm -hmm. i'm not asking them for ideas you know it's like working at motown right <laughs> You see what I'm saying? A gold star or something with the wrecking crew. You know, you're going to get together. You're going to get something out of it that you neither one of you would get alone because you're professionals or something. Right. But I'm not asking them for ideas. You know, I'm asking mm -hmm. for guilt to push it that much farther. See, because I understand music. And so we would plug into the amps and Hawkins would play guitar and I basically teach him the chords of something. And then I play reverse of it. So I've already thought that far out. Right. And then I, I explained to the rudiments to the drummer and he just pushes it to the next level, but it's not really his style that he would play. It's a style that we've created. See? And, and I, I tell him about the history of drums and, and, and then the maths involved like instead of being repetitious you know i'll lay threes over the top of fours meaning so as as a progression's moving along the drum roll is moving 
So it right. starts out with the snare roll or something, and the next time it's one kind of tom fill, and the next time it's another kind, and then it's a snare roll or something, right? That would be one, two, three, four logic, right? Mm-hmm. But because there's only three parts, the next time around, it's it, it's the verse or whatever, the, the repetitious part starts with the tom roll, and mm-hmm. it just keeps rolling along like that. And I do all kinds of stuff like that, you know? But it's something that you have to talk to people about. Because it's not something that they would naturally think about when you're playing drums. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That you're yeah, yeah. With very much jazz or something. So once I feel like we could grasp what the parts are, I unplug and we go direct. And so it's, I'm only recording the drums and we just do a take. Right. Right. And then I send the drummer in the other room because the drum's already done. And then I just lay down all the tracks again hmm. with the mic one by one and blow right through it. And I'm the last thing is I tell these guys to sit in the living room. I close the door and I just sing <laughs> right. what's on the top of my head. And that's it. And I go, come in and listen to this. And this is like a three hour process or something. And then it goes right to YouTube. See, we make a video or whatever. And there's a reason why every idiot in the world is going to pay some PR monkey to get out there and get you in Pittsburgh or Brooklyn vegan or louder than war. It could be anything, right? And you're, you're, they're going to put you up on Twitter and whatever it is. Right. And, um, some old dude's going to drop dead and you're going to slip one page down. (laughs) King Gizzard Lizard is going to release three records and you're going to go one more space down. Some rapper was eating at Waffle House and gets shot up. You're three spaces down. Beyonce farts and you're off the page that quick. But if you share a work in progress instead of being some precious idiot, keeping your thing for this exclusive that's gone in five seconds, no matter what, in this era, people can interact with it. Then you mix it, and they're like, holy crap. Mm-hmm. And But then the people that knew about it somehow have interacted with it. They saw it happen and during COVID times. It meant something to people that I was just dropping this song a day during this existential crisis and empowering music. You know, it had nothing to do with COVID. It had to do with app. app affirmations to me but you know i learned a trick from the beatles when i was a kid they're naturally singing about screwing girls but instead of saying i love you yeah 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 they included the listener as a literary trick so she loves you Mm. i want to hold your hand don't you want somebody to love because nobody cares who i'm fucking or who broke my heart or what whatever right (laughs) but if you include the list the listener right? Then it's this extra opportunity for people to identify it on that level on some sort of empathetic or whatever level. So that's what it's all about to me. And do you have comments active on those videos? Sure. Do you, do you read them? Like, what does that do to the song for you? Occasionally I tell people to go fuck themselves. (laughs) Okay. And why and how and where and when, it don't matter to me. Mm. Um, because I don't care what people think. 
but sometimes people need to be put in this place, especially in this era, because if we even went back to the era of the specials and you went down to the pub and you walked up to a stranger and you behaved like people behave on the internet, you'd be out cold and lucky to live. You'd get brained in a second by anybody. And for some reason, people have lost that, um, that thing. And it sort of pushes us all. Of course, we want to be civic-minded. And, and people don't deserve to be killed over some stupid thing they say. But people have lost their minds. See? Because mm. it's all right. It's, it's, it's perfectly fine to be outraged and to express it in the vernacular of a drunken sailor. That none of those things matter. It's, it, because we don't know what the appropriate reaction to so many things that, that we see. And, and that happen and, and all this stuff and it could be anything right but um mm. you know a minimum of decorum is re required and you have to be aware that that's what makes ding dong ditch we call it ringing the doorbell when you're a kid and running so right, fun is right open the door and just catch right. You, right that's what the excitement's all about mm. and one other question on this record is the fact that it came from this crop of songs you had yeah. fire it doesn't grow on trees. How did you go about extracting another record out of this set of songs that has? There's two own... more. There's two more after this. If I wish, there's there's so many songs. <laughs> but you know what? The point the point was is I didn't go. Boy, I'm going to put all my best songs and just blow everybody away right now. This record's better than the other one. Mm -hmm. See, I didn't care if I lived or I died or. It's, people pat me on the back or whatever what i did is i made a record that i thought those songs fit together mm -hmm. and to, you have to start someplace but i will point out to you that if you listen to rubber soul and revolver great records and know about the beatles singles at the time they don't they didn't put all the best songs they had on those records why why would they leave paperback rider and nowhere man and rain and all this crap and then have Ringo sing a song instead <laughs> <laughs> because, because it, it shows you where those other songs are so good girl and no Norwegian wood because you need a chance to breathe and people need to know when to clap it's right. just like just like a symphony <laughs> you know yeah they can <laughs> clap over Ringo yeah but but George Martin know that stuff see mm-hmm yeah. And it, it wasn't a as crass as they are with their marketing tricks endlessly. That wasn't the reason they did that. See, the, I mean, the reason wasn't that they were trying to milk more money out of anyone or get bigger. The reason for what? Do you mean, sorry? Not putting their best songs right, all right, right. as a record goes. See what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess there's the fact that as well, it's a super coherent work if you have certain things in dialogue with each other right so maybe there's just not room for that standalone song even though it's a banger maybe it's just not part of the narrative of that particular record or just the, the search for perfection what is perfection you know what i mean like mm -hmm. how, how i want to stare in the mirror how much plastic surgery do you want it's just like, it's just an awareness because i've them both to be perfect records see wow well it's a great record i'm excited by the prospect of 
I was talking about the Beatles record. Oh, right. Okay. (laughs) Rubber Soul and Revolver. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. But yeah, your record as well. Awesome. Love the last one. People, I think, are going to love this one. Uh, I'll put a link in the show notes so people can check it out. The future is your past. Uh, It'll be out by the time this is out too. So yeah, definitely go listen. Um, Anton, we should talk about your important records. And before... I get to those. I'd like to ask a question about how you thought about the word important when picking your list. So was there a way that you understood the word important in order to pick the three records records that you did? Well, you know, I have a show on Soho Radio, right? Mm-hmm. One to two hours. I've been doing it for some years. And I could just play thousands of important songs, you know? Yeah, yeah. Somebody once asked me, like, I think it was Fred Perry or whatever they were doing the street subculture thing, and they're like, "Is there any song you wish you wrote?" You know, like, every goddamn song I love, <laughs> you know, yeah. all of them. I'm jealous. <laughs> I don't have favorites in that sense, and I could have just gone down any street, up, down, sideways, in any direction, in many, so many genres of what I think is important for different reasons, mm-hmm. you know? But I, I took it to mean that you were saying your favorite or something, or in your life, something that helped form you. Right, sure, yeah, yeah. And I... Whenever anybody asks me a question, say in an interview, and I think it's pedestrian or whatever, right? I ignore what they're asking, and I, the voice in my said, my head, asks the question I want to be asked, and I answer that. <laughs> <laughs> and I do that in life. Okay. Go, instead of saying this is what I wish you said, I just go ahead and do it <laughs> at all times. Yeah. I don't try- I don't care if it's the police talking to me, you know? Yeah. Do you think it was pedestrian to be asked about your three important records? Well, I know I've been around for a long time. I know an awful <laughs> lot of people and I don't think anybody gives a fuck what I think. So I don't, I don't think they're going to stop, but the, the, feeling that way or not feeling anything, being ambivalent or whatever. Mm-hmm that's not going to change how I live my life either. Uh huh. So, I mean, I would hope that people, you know, would pay attention. Mm-hmm. So it only takes a few. That's all it's ever been. Yeah. Some yeah. people, you know, people are idiots, man. Damon Hurst, you can go, there's, there's like art books where every single one of his things to just show you somebody else who did the same exact thing before that. But his whole, the gist of his thing was he got a factory of people just to rip off each one of these pieces one by one. And he mm. didn't do it. He presented it and made loads of money, but mm. you, you, anything he's ever done, somebody else did it before him. Right. Right. But not that like, Oh, well, there's only so many, you know, ways to skin a cat. I mean, flat, out the, the shark and formaldehyde to every single damn thing. Well, he just did it intentionally hmm. just to get away with it. So yeah. Let's, yeah. Let's, well, let's get but you. We, a... don't have, we don't have to put him down to pick ourselves up now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, which record do you want to talk about first? It's your show, mate. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Didn't know whether there was a narrative order that made sense to you. It's just funny because, you know, my grandma and stuff and the family are property owners and some of it's commercial. And, you know, one of these places like a shopping center with a giant store a nice store you know market and there's bank and you know, everything right and at one point she goes in and they just put in the self-checking just before she died and mm -hmm. she goes i will never do that they want me to pay for my groceries and bag them too ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> <laughs> like that noise and everything. <laughs> She's the landlord of the building. She's laughing. That's so good. Okay, I'll yeah. bag the groceries. That's no problem. Should we go for thirteenth floor elevators to begin with? Sure. The psychedelic sound of the thirteenth floor elevators. So, give me a little introduction as to why this one is is important to you. Well, you know, I DJ sometimes. I, I don't DJ for any other reason, but for it's like community service. You can't pay me enough to do it. It's a good excuse to play loud music. And I don't care what people think mm. about what I'm playing. I play very eclectic stuff. It ends up being the most fantastic drinking music at bars. You know, and I have a bazillion records. And, um, you know, when I'm here at the studio or something, sometimes I just come because I own it. And I just sit and play YouTubes for 24 hours straight and I'm sharing them on like three different social media platforms as I do it. Mm -hmm. And I don't care what anybody thinks, but it's all just crazy, amazing, unknown music. <laughs> but when I DJ and I put that song on, everybody boogies like, like, like a beehive where they said, I just found the honey and they're doing that dance, uh -huh. you know, and shaking their butts and buzzing. That's which powerful. song is that which one was that you're gonna miss me right 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 truly crazy it's a crazy song but it's so much heavy the beatles never had that kind of mojo the 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 rolling stones ain't got nothing that flies and moves like that mm -hmm. it's psychotic <laughs> but it's got the, the best like it's like that tub bass sound you know with yeah, this guy yeah. ring, you know, like in a skipple band or something, but it like really booming. And they've got a fake electric jug player who's just basically got a mic and the jug, but going, yes, <laughs> you know, the whole time. <laughs> the whole you record. Know? That's yeah. the scene. The whole show is every show. <laughs> it's just hilarious, right? Yeah. But, uh, it, it, that song delivers the goods. I don't care what people say. You know, you watch, you watch Get Back or whatever, right? And they're just playing a Chuck Berry Fats Domino Jam. Right. That's all, yeah. it, all it is. You know, it's, it's that's all it is. <laughs> right. Go out of songs and listen to the 13 floor elevators. Just face melting, and it's organic. Came out of nowhere. Yeah. It has yeah. all the elements surf and everything. It's just psychotic. And when you think of Texas, how it is now, it was worse then. One right. seed one seed of weed and you go for ten years. 
Right. Yeah. You know, it's just like flat out shoot you dead, Bland. Right. Yeah. Because the singer got locked up for a bit, right? For oh yeah, for like one, yeah, one joint or something. It, yeah, but it isn't even that. It's just the extremes that these cultures sometimes bring out. What about yeah. the the rest of this record? You highlighted that song, but how does the rest of it sit with you as well? Well, it's just those albums, Easter Everywhere and all that stuff, reverberation and um, levitation and all these songs are just mad. So, you know, it's not even just that album. That album starts it off and it just keeps going for mm-hmm. the, a couple records. Get the box set. <laughs> and they're just phenomenal. You know, it's, it's life-changing stuff. But you want to buy that record. You want to buy that. You want to buy the box set because you want to get the mono version too, and it's yeah, just yeah. amazing. You know, um, it's amazing stuff. So you know, all you gotta do is listen to that song and go, yeah, I, I think I will check out the rest of these guys. See, when you sent this over in your email, you had like a bunch of other names that you kind of threw into the same paragraph. Like I feel well, I'm like just saying, like I could could have said how much I love tomorrow never knows. Right, right. It has the same effect when I put it on every single time. So does Lou Reed's Velvet Underground uh, Rock and Roll. Every single time, everybody moves. Mm-hmm. So does Cosmic Dancer by T-Rex. There are these. I could have picked any of these things, but I, T-Rex has several great tracks, and Tony Visconti was a great producer, but I don't think it has this cultural impact in a very strange way. I mean, it did in the sense that it influenced the New York Dolls and the Sunset Strip and all this other crap and the cross-dressing rock and roll, gunsling and Marshall Stack, Top Hat, like Slash, you know, and all that jazz, right? Uh Uh-huh. But I think that song's more powerful than Jeepster or something like that. it's, It's on par with Tomorrow Never Knows in the same time. But it's they're not ripping that off. It's just a completely different vibe. Uh-huh. In the same way, it's absolutely all the way intoxicating, ass-shaking music, and people need that. You know. Yeah. When you're DJing, I mean, you mentioned a bunch of stuff there that, like from the '60s, right? That you say really kind of gets everything moving. Do you find that? Anything more recent than that has the same effect. Well, I think Liam Gallagher singing for Chemical Brothers was dope, you know? I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I like all kinds of stuff. Like, my show yesterday focused on Hyperdub. Yeah, I saw that. All Hyperdub. You know, and I I like those burial tracks from the the Untrue Archangel, those, those tracks. I really like it. And I did like The Streets original pirate material I, I went when i was with vice the guy who became vice i flew with adam shore who ended up running red bull music and everything he was my a&r guy from tvt i flew with him to talk the streets into signing to tvt but tvt went down so he immediately took over vice and wow. signed it. i saw all that show when, when it wasn't even out when it was in warehouse parties in london the garage movement i watched it happen it was fucking there with the <laughs> dj it's very cool you know and hanging out with him and all that stuff 
And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, Tony's got a new motor. <laughs> yeah, like, whatever. To, to Mike Skinner, you know? But um, I loved the garage beats. I didn't like the DJs because it's just the beat going for 45 minutes and they drop a whistle and everybody's so hot mashed on me. They're, they completely fucking, their head's instant chaka, you know? So, you know, there's lots of different things uh-huh. you know i'll play alice coltrane's evening and such and nanda or whatever the hell it is before we play could be anything we used to go on tour and play blowfly records just to make everybody uncomfortable you know like right, it could right. be any because he's so naughty you know <laughs> dirty ass old pimp singing about she's too fat to fuck or whatever the fuck and people are just nervous you know, and when we started, I, I made a loop of uh, suicide, suicide rocket USA. Uh-huh. Had to be like 60 minutes long, just that relentless kick them. You know, Rocky, Rocky, USA. The whole room comes with you in the You know, it's just like, <laughs> and just to get people out. And we went on tour in the UK and I only played uh, Dealey Derbyshire's The Whole Dreams recording from Radiophonic workshop where she's like i'm falling uh, it's neither man nor woman it's just dark shape and just going, <laughs> for like an hour you know just making people really uncomfortable and we just come on and i'm singing love songs you know <laughs> <laughs> what what makes you want to do that make people uh feel that unease well it's like people that would have a problem with me cuss, cussing. They think that I'm uncouth or something, right? Uh-huh. Look what they've done to the country. It's fucking outrageous. The NHS or any of this stuff is just not necessary. It's bad government and it's by design and it, it's meant to provoke outrage. But the thing is, is none of these people even stand up in any... And I'm not advocating the destruction of the sewer system. I'm civic-minded. But it's just painful to watch these people do this stuff because it doesn't have to be this way in many situations Mm -hmm. any reasonable person can find solutions to these we've stood to graver threats with no time to waste it's completely Mm -hmm. to do whatever needs to be done but it's not in the cards because they don't think that it's they don't educate people enough to participate in democracy so it's not even a democracy because you should be obligated to vote and um it's never going to work with if if this this concept that you're going to people are going to vote themselves out of a job so we have a green future that's not even happening because like all i see is construction Mm -hmm. car batteries last less than eight years man it tastes like you have to ship 250,000 tons of earth to make a car battery and transport it exactly green because you have to dig all that crap up out of the ground so i mean it's an illusion but you know the problem is is even if you vote like indonesia let's stop cutting down the the tropical rainforest some of the guys are gonna go two million for a bribe oh what happened illegal logging they just cut down the whole thing and it's endless. It doesn't matter what it is, right? It's always going to be some crap like that, you know? It could be PP, somebody making 125,000 quid, putting it in their kid's name. <laughs> so, you know, and I'm not here to bag. I, I own an LTD. 
my younger son is half Welsh. They're from the valleys, you know? I, I, I pay my tax in the UK. I run my companies. I'm a CEO. I pay the, the national insurance for the employees. I have to, else you cannot have a company. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can say what I want. <laughs> <laughs> With a reason, right? Right. Because I'm, I'm not saying upset the Apple card and all this crap in that sense. But I just I think it's all awkward, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's why I do whatever I want to do, and I think that people—they are not hurting anybody uh, at all, you know. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's okay. It's a lot less damaging than most mainstream film, I think, or anything. What uh, you mean? What, I'm saying what you do. It, well, I'm not specifically hypnotizing people or trying to change them against without their knowing. And I know for a fact, because I do soundtracks and people have said specifically, well, yeah, we want to change people when they watch this film and we need your help with this music. <laughs> right. Hey, <laughs> I'm not having it. <laughs> you know, I don't want somebody walked into a theater and, be changed like it's the delusion mysteries or some shit you know <laughs> you don't want people to be changed in the sense, guess, of, a, well, okay. in the sense of a mystery ritual like i have no problem with people going to some place and taking part of in the, in the mystery ritual right mm-hmm. rome or greece right if that's what they're doing and that's what they want to do and see the dionysian mysteries or the whatever it is then I, who am I to say no? Uh huh. But I'm not having people walking in and get zonked like ten-year-old kids and have them do it that way in a theater. Right. You know what I'm saying. I'm not coming Let's go to your second important record, Anton. Should we do Alice Coltrane? You mentioned Alice. So Kirtan Terrius sings. Yeah. You mentioned this one has been important to you recently, which We're sure we lost people. Hmm. You know, I briefly touched on, I don't know if I did, the specials of Terry Hall and Mark Lanigan, you know, and Uh uh, Heath Levine from The Pill. And it's just... It's 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 been endless. Dr. Kiko, my friend who drove everybody around all over the world, is just a wonderful guy. He was living an Italian guy who was living in London. Just a remarkable guy. And it's just been relentless mm. in threes and fours to where I'm just weeping. And this music, the way I described it when I sent you an email or whatever, or sent Stuart my guy one was a she's doing this like african-american gospel church thing this organ except it's informed by the sacred ratios like john coltrane you can look it up he had these chord charts 
all the notes that correspond with the other notes in a circle. Yeah. And it flows, it's almost like a rainbow because they bleed into each other. And it's like the awareness of the harmonics, golden ratio, and the harmony of the spheres. And she's doing all that at the same time. And then she's basically sending, it's basically a Hindi Bajan. It's like a spiritual, but it's also her mantra from her guru. Mm. And it's praising Lord Krishna. It's not Hare Krishna. It's praising him and thanking him for enlightening her and being in her life. So she's singing this spiritual song, but then she's singing it in Hindi. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So it's mm -hmm. all these ones. It's a hybrid. And um, so. Yeah. So you mentioned we lost a lot of people. Uh, you've mentioned some names there and encountering this record. Like, what is it about this record? I can kind well, of like join some dots. It's like being in church, mm. but a meaningful church, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's a sad and beautiful thing. Like, if you have a relationship with God, the world is sad and beautiful. Like, you, if your life has been blessed, it's amazing. But I walk past people that are literally cl uh, cleaning their feet on the night train here. Hmm. And it makes me cry. It makes me cry. And I'm well aware of how many of these people there are. Not just that, I'm well aware of all the NANs that can't pay their electric bill or their whatever. Mm -hmm. All this crap makes me cry, see? So I find it sad and beautiful, this music, at the same time, in equal measure. I'm not saying it gives me hope. It brings me release and relief. Right. Because I know that she feels that stuff, too, or felt it. Not yeah. just because the the African-American experience and how horrible everything it is, right? The reality of it. Mm -hmm. of racism, institutionalized racism. It's, it's institutionalized forever. Mm -hmm. It's a fear that if black people get the chance to be in your position, you're in deep trouble. Mm -hmm. if, if they get a chance to have that power, you'd be in deep trouble. It's, a it's an irrational fear that drives this, see? That's different than prejudice. It's a fear, that, it's a fear if the Chinese gain control of the world that we're screwed. Mm -hmm. See, and that's the root of all this stuff on the deep, deep level. And it's old as time. So I know all that stuff and I can hear it. I mean, whatever it was in her life, it, sought, it sent her to an ashram to identify with it, a guru and his teaching and a whole other culture and language. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever it was about her gospel background <laughs> right yeah Sent her that far away to the other side of the world to india to live in like eating whatever they are eating see mm -hmm. it sent me to the other side of the world away from everybody and everything i have ever known <laughs> and all the things that i love are not enough to keep me there it's, it's amazing in california i could have a staghorn firm from new zealand or something right 
that hanging off the wall. I have it my whole life, and it'll be like 40 feet long. You like my grandma's. And I'll start it from something that's the size of my hand. You just grow these plants year year round. Right. It's like living, you know, in a, in a paradise if you've got water. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, if you're well-to-do, you know, and, and that's an amazing thing. Mm. But it's not enough to keep me there because the people, there's this thing, you know, like in Germany, right? You, you think about these guys smoking cigarettes, SS dudes, and but there's this whole other degree of people that they're the shut the the curtains people. <laughs> they just close their curtains as their next door neighbors being dragged out by the hair, and they didn't see nothing. Mm. And there's that, so much of this in the world today, you know. Oh, I'm just doing yoga. I'm just flipping houses. I'm just doing my own thing, mate. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And nobody bothered, right, about anything. And it's just wrong. That's why I give, I give away a couple tickets every single concert I play and raffle them off for, for, to raise money for Oxfam. And there, one time the, the, the president, one of these guys, the head of, of Oxfam, said, you've raised a considerable amount of money. I already know kind of how much. I don't ask people to show me how much I know. It's a large amount of money. It's house money. See? Mm-hmm. And he said, I can give you a special link and you can see how much you've, you've raised. I just, why would I want to fucking know that? That's not why I fucking do anything in my life. Uh-huh. What good is that information? You know, I don't want to see people's faces. I don't want to know nothing. I don't want to adopt some school kid in some place and have them write me letters. I don't care. What I want you guys to do is save lives and give people dignity. That's all I need to know. And I know that about you. That's why I support you. You know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was that simple. The final record, the sound carriers, Entropicalia, yeah. is the one you picked. Yeah. So this is amazing. So I, I, di- I discovered this record when it came out and then loved it and completely forgot it existed. So I'm super grateful that you've brought it up here. So tell me a bit about why this one's important to you. Well, they got a new one out too. Yeah. I listened to that today. It's absolutely lovely. And they're lovely people. So they deserve our support. Nice. You know, I'm having them play four of the shows in the UK. Yeah, I saw that. Nice. Like pulling teeth, getting those guys to get out. They all live in four places. And it, I, I don't look at it just like support. People say, who are you having to support? I go, this is an event. Right. <laughs> all right. That's what it is. It's an event. See? Because the show was already sold out before I told anybody that I was talking them into playing. It's not about that. Mm not supporting me doing anything they're not killing time so i can only play an hour you know (laughs) yeah you said they're the best band in the uk right now hands down i think so i really do 
I don't think it's our finest hour in the history of music in the UK to begin with. You don't think and it is? Not even close. I'm not impressed by all this fucking laptop bullshit and this um, people with their iPads and man, they tried to diversify. <laughs> they tried to diversify, which is great, right? They tried to diversify Glastonbury this year, you know, and got to get more girls in there. We got to get these people in here and. And, it, it, you know, it was like full days of people that couldn't sing into Maunders. <laughs> I don't know about that. Yeah, but yes. People are like, oh, it's really hard to come up there and um, just play. And it's like, says everybody who's ever played at Glastonbury gets up there and fucking plays. <laughs> you know, that's, that's what you do, you know? <laughs> you, it, you, should, you should try it out sometime, you know? <laughs> right? Right. Right, this is this is this is real life. This is your life. You should go, you know, to a pub and try singing through a monitor. <laughs> this isn't your bedroom, and I'm not your mom. <laughs> so why why do the Sound Carrots protrude then as the best band in the UK? Because they're actually exceptional. They're mm. exceptional. They're exceptional in the records they make. They're amazing people and uh music is just subjective so i could say whatever i want to say but i certainly know a lot about music and i know a lot of bands and i go all over the world and i see it happen and i think that they're exceptional mm -hmm. i know everybody i know i know what's going on what do you think some grime group singing about postal codes and fucking bullshit recorded on their iphone does the is that where it's at you think, <laughs> okay, make, some, you think yeah, some of that's great oldie doing the uh, with the bbc philharmonic i mean come on <laughs> so yeah what is it that makes them you say they're the best but like um i mean yeah what is it about them that makes them tap into the current moment then for you well we'll put these guys with their with their ipad in your mom's bedroom and have them play right with no subs right uh-huh and we'll have these other guys just play and we'll see what sounds better <laughs> and who's got more range what's real and what is isn't real mm. oh wait you know i pressed a button and my mate's just drinking a lager and I'm not going to go because I love the sleeper mods and they're um, exceptional. And it's very important that they have come out and done what they've done. And I love Jason. And Andrew is one of the most intellectually far out guys that knows so much about music anywhere. So that's not my point. Like I said, I put out their own, I put out one of their records. Mm -hmm. I love them. And I'm so proud of them. So proud. But a lot of this other stuff, I'm not impressed. And, you know, Jason has a go at Oasis and everybody else, and I'll have a go at him, too. I'm proud of Liam, but fucking hell, you know? You know, when it, the, the good stuff's good, I guess. I, I never liked those guys. We played their first shows in America until I heard Mike Flowers cover Wonderwall, and I was like, oh, that's a great composition because it can be lampooned. Right, was, right, right. I, I saw it clearly. Mm -hmm. I was like, Beautiful, but these guys aren't the Beatles, like they say. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is a cultural phenomena, but look at their fans, man. 
and you basically got Brexit in a box. <laughs> you know? <laughs> this um this record in Tropicalia, it sounds amazing, right? And I But they did that themselves. Yeah. Well, I was gonna it's, ask you because you know? Yeah, yeah. They, it's they, Pish, his name is Pish. Mm-hmm. Scottish people will laugh. <laughs> right, right. Right? It was so funny because I was on ch- Channel 4 with uh, Krishna Murphy. You know who I'm talking about? Krishna Guru Murphy, yeah, the journalist. Yeah, I like him. So he's interviewing me, you know, and it's going out on ch- Channel 4 or whatever that is, right? And there, he's describing, describing my... Um, next release it's on the telly right and they've got the cover doubled behind him on the big news screen as he's in the studio right and it just says pish <laughs> they had no idea what it meant in london and people were bawling in scotland they put it up on youtube and people were wetting themselves right yes. <laughs> and then they found out and then they clipped that off the beginning after it already aired no way i'm yeah. surprised you didn't know like it's close enough to, to piss. Had, had no clue <laughs> wow but it was like a beautiful moment in <laughs> in broadcast history <laughs> and i could have planned it you know what i mean it's like something you can't but it was definitely a malcolm mclaren klf moment <laughs> <laughs> do you have a uh, favorite track on this in tropicalia record well i do like low light but i like the record you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so no- Basically, the second song I don't think is the best one, and then the third song it starts to get really good again, and you're like, "Whoa!" You know, like, yeah. Third and fourth are amazing. Like, one, two, like, kind of coasting for a minute, you know, on the yeah, second, yeah. and all of a sudden you're like, "Oh, it's notable because you, your mind takes note." Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, no, sorry, go on. Well, they, you know, they made a big mistake. They came out on Ghost Box, this little label. It's like, hi, we made 300 copies of our record. Ooh, we're so cool. It's out of print. And it's like, there's more than 300 shops in America. It's like, <laughs> we've, got people, we've got people cutting them up like pizzas, I guess. <laughs> or these on disc dogs, you know. Well, I'll sell you a slice of this, you know. But yeah. I'm so happy we finally got smart and re-released it. So why do that? <laughs> Beyond vanity, it's insanity label. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a great record. I mean, also as well, do you know how they're getting the whole the whole sound is wonderful because it feels like a sort of mislaid memory or something. It's yeah, beautiful. But, Are they using mics or yeah? I don't know if you know. You on must the have spoken hand, about this. And on one hand, it's like all that seventies pop, vocal, jazz, psych. Uh, the sensibility that we love of every single person we just go down that that it's a collection of all of these things right mm-hmm. and then they're like the bits about broadcasting the stereo lab that we love yeah right? yeah absolutely all the way <laughs> it's, it's still them yeah they're, absolutely they, they didn't just go to like sainsbury's and pick out the good bits you know and say oh here's, <laughs> you know i saw you know I saw Gordon do this one. I, I'm going to try it, you know? Oh, here's my recipe on, on YouTube, you know? It's not yeah. like that. And I guess you've seen them live as well, right? So um, what? What? how does it translate into, like, performance? It feels like such a record record, this, but... No. Yeah, what's it like in a room? It's like watching pop vocal jazz music by professional people. Like, mm-hmm. they ever be. 
you know it's like when we, we play we play at the level of the drums uh-huh you know and then they add a little bit of volume in the room i don't let me subs it's gonna be like watching two jazz bands playing at montrose festival right that's, gonna, that's what it's gonna be like except it's all, both of our bands and we're more like the birds and velvet underground and whatever we are of us and they're more like that One more question for you, Anton, which is about how you buy music these days. Yeah. So what does that look like? Like what formats are you going for? Where are you picking up music? Yeah. Well, tell me a bit you know, about that. That's the thing, like on YouTube, if I find if I find somebody that's got this crazy song, I, I use my ears and my mind to find stuff, right? I'm not listening to podcasts and going, Oh, I need this and Shazam and all that crap. None of this stuff I like is even on Shazam. So uh -huh. <laughs> it's on Spotify. So if I find somebody who's got something good, I'll look at their channel and their uploads. And they got three things that are good. I'll look at every single song they posted and I listen nice. and I know what I like. And it, it, it obeys this sacred geometry and harmony and all this shit. And then um, I'll buy the, the vinyl when I become obsessed with the song. And I don't care about the rest of the songs necessarily to start with. I'll spend 80 to get this fucking record that you can't get. Right, and I go to record shops all over the world. I go to cities everywhere. Hmm. And there's great ones here, and I just buy stuff. And people give me things, and I've got thousands of records. You know, and people are like, you have to have this French record. You have to have this song. Nobody has it. Nobody knows this is this. This is that. And people give to me back because all I do is give, give, give of myself. You know, so mm -hmm. people want that for me. You know, that's cool. It could be anything. They'll give me a slide guitar, you know, they'll give me a, a, a Moroccan oud, you know, they're just like, they will, Moroccan dudes will come to London show and just hand me the, an instrument. They <laughs> right. want, I'm not kidding. No, no, I know. No. Necklaces from Tibet, you know, they want to give something back that's meaningful. But I find things with my ears and I, I share things. I don't get too precious. The only time I won't tell somebody what I'm doing is when I, when I'm DJ in Sweden, they pay these guys 70 grand a year to Shazam DJs everywhere. And then they make playlists and change what you're playing. But they mm -hmm. add, they pay for play. They add tracks. And they'll go, what is this? They're three of them will be trying to Shazam my set. What is this you're playing? I go, I ain't fucking telling you. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. What was monkeys? Nothing. Well, if that... that it's like their next favorite song and they're like oh shoot i want to go and ex and discover this and explore this pound sand <laughs> you know but i'm not all like super cool like our friend like andy bodel and just be like he's so cool though because he'll go and find he figures out this stuff and he'll talk to the seven-year-old dude and just be like helping him build a chicken coop and then and get these unreleased records out uh -huh. move tracks you know but he'll <laughs> I'm not kidding. He'll be helping grandma fix the fence or whatever it takes. Yeah. Oh, Anton, it's been awesome. Thank you so much for I hope, giving your I energy. Hope, I hope this turn 
uh, turns out okay for you, you know? Yeah, sometimes. This is, it's been wicked to speak to you. Yeah, I apologize about my potty mouth sometimes, but I don't think it matters. Mm-hmm.